The Westworld TheoryCast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com right now and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com is the men's accessory marketplace. They aim to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each and every day. Now, we all know that there's a coronavirus going around and we want everyone to be safe and happy. And a lot of things have been canceled. Okay. And a lot of sales that Cufflinks had have been canceled too. NCAA, things like that. But they have now put over 700 items on their sale page to get a great discount while people are planning that next outing with their friends. When this all clears up, and you go out, you're still going to have to look good. So head over to cufflinks.com today. We wish you and your family well. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. It's the Cleanup Text. I'm Tim. I'm Andy. And I'm Gina. Welcome back to the Westworld Theory Cast. Today you have the Cleanup Text coming together to close out the week. My name is Gina Giacchetti, and my co-hosts are Tim Hines and Andy Theobald. For the cleanup text, we round up the trash, the missed pieces, things undiscussed, and perhaps things we think are completely wrong. But we're here to tidy things up as best we can do. So today, we'll be discussing Westworld Season 3, Episode 5, Genre. And if you want to find out more about us, you can go to dvrpodcast.com. How's everyone doing this week? Well, I'm doing I'm doing okay. I'm like just like last week. I, I'm I am welcoming this d- nice distraction from everything else. Indeed, I, I, I'm still looking for the guy walking around selling genre. So <laughs> my, my week hasn't gotten that good yet. <laughs> you know, that would be a very interesting distraction right now. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that I'm big on, uh, you know, drugs, but, uh, you know, what else is there to do right now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Is it, is it a drug or just an enhancement? Oh, that's true. Just an experience, right? Uh, yeah, that, is a, that is a good question. It is. Um, so how would you guys rate the episode this week? I kind of give this a 7.5. I thought it was really solid, very interesting. It was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, I thought kind of a 7.5. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. Seven and a half, eight, somewhere in that range. I liked it. I had I have a few minor nitpicks, but I still liked it. Yeah, I went, I went eight, hard eight. Uh, just like in craps, because this was exciting, like playing craps. And... I it was a total change of pace for this show and I totally welcomed it because the you know the genre tripping aside just the action of it was so un-Westworld like but it fit because of all the chaos that was ensuing that's uh, that's actually something I I was going to mention that when I was talking, I, I agree with you. And I think Axel mentioned something earlier this week that I same kind of line where I think it was during the big uh, car chase, dark Knight type car chase there. When uh, Aaron Paul pulls out the, the missile or the grenade launcher, I'm thinking this is not the same show where it started with her dropping a can of milk on the, on the dusty road. It just kind of was like, I'm amazed <laughs> that it's the same show. <laughs> it's come a long way since three years. 
That's, uh, yeah, that's really true. I mean, everything is so different and she's completely different as well. Just, um, you know, she was like the quintessential, you know, rancher's daughter before. And now she's like badass, you know, Terminator mama. And the, and the same thing, even what Tim was saying too, I also agree with you that it's still the same show. It's just so different, but so similar at the same time. It's interesting how they have pulled that off, I think. So, and what, what, what what's kind of funny about that is when you just said like about the milk and when, you know, certain people say, you know, like, oh, I tried Westworld, but I couldn't get into it. And I'm sure everybody listening can agree, you know, it wasn't really till episode six of season one where things started fitting into place and becoming exciting and a lot of people couldn't make it through that that slow period and once that slow period was was i guess like explained it didn't become slow anymore like it became so important so that you know unfortunately for those people who gave up on it because they thought it was you know too slow in the beginning i i would agree and now look where we're at you know, we're, we're, we're basically like, like you said, dark night car chases and gun, yes. guns galore. We got jets, we got drugs, we got, you know, crazy, just craziness happening, but it progressed to here and it just, this episode was just a lot of fun. Yeah, it really was. And why don't we get into the genres a little and because even just talking about how the show has changed, it in itself has kind of adopted various genres along the way, right? Because we saw a few different ones in the park. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is definitely what, you know, kind of the world they're in now is definitely a full-on different genre. But, um, um, yeah, I I loved the genre things. And I would, I'd have to say that that my favorite genre was love story just because when that love story theme started uh, playing, I just burst out laughing. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like so good. And he's just looking at her like, you know, like the wind's blowing through her hair. (laughs) I actually think she had a back and a ponytail, but it still felt that way. And when Giggles realizes what he's on, because of the way he's like looking at her, he's like, shit, man, I know what you on. And I was just, <laughs> the whole thing was super hilarious. And that was kind of my favorite one. He was like snapping in and out of, of like love with her, with the, the music and the slow motion. It was hilarious. And, and the fact that like, she looks at him like, all right, let's like get into the fight here. Like she, she, I don't think she totally understood what genre even did or was and like what his frame of mind was in. So that was kind of like the way she looked at him was hilarious. <laughs> like, let's go. Like, come on, are you going to shoot? Like you were a trained soldier. Like, come on, let's go. Yeah. That's definitely, that's definitely one of the funniest things that I can remember Westworld doing it, but I did. I laughed out loud as well at that same point. It was good. It was, it was funny. <laughs> I think out of those, my, I think my my favorite. I think the two best ones were actually that one, and I loved the Apocalypse Now, Ride of the Valkyries, just because it actually made me think of seeing those movies with him with a big gun and with the love struck looks and all that. But my my favorite is The Shining, just because I love The Shining. Uh-huh. I just I hear that music and I, like I I I like literally said yes out loud when The Shining music started playing, <laughs> even though there really isn't. I mean, it's horrific stuff happened there, but it's not like. A ho- not like a horror movie like The Shining right. was. I didn't think it was as well done, but that was my favorite. Yeah, that's pretty. It was. I I really liked 
just the way they, the music they used with the genres, it, that was totally cool. Um, but my favorite genre was like the noir, and just because it it really like made me feel like he was in a different mindset. Like a lot of them kind of went too fast. I feel like it would have been yeah. really yeah. cool to like dive into this, but you know, it, w it wouldn't have fit the episode because it just went so fast, but just the, it, the changing of them. But the noir was like, put me into that mood. And then I was like, Oh, this really is how, you know, like a powerful enhancement. Well, when yeah. that, when that first, when that part, first started happening that was one of my small nitpicks and it's really not even fair to westworld is that when that going into the north thing i immediately thought of the episode of watchmen this last season where there's a similar thing that happens where somebody takes a drug and all this crazy like oh, yeah. that yeah that was and i'm like oh my god is this whole episode going to be like that and, I, and that's what immediately i'm like oh my god this is going to be amazing and then it, when it, that little genre scene ended 20 seconds later i was like oh i was slightly disappointed so that was, but that was the first thing I thought of was Watchmen when that happened. That's a good call. I didn't even put that together really, especially with the taking of the drug. Um, I yeah. don't know what they called it in Watchmen, but um, yeah, that's interesting. But no, I thought that the film noir was actually a really great way to start it because you automatically knew you were in a show. Yeah. It was very yeah. distinct, and uh, that was a good move to go first with that one. The one thing I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, Dale. I was just going to add, like it kind of now made sense about the party scene when nobody was really like doing anything <laughs> yeah. when they were all fighting and they were all just like staring at them like wow just laying around yeah you know yeah. like it, it put it into in more sense like i was thinking more like like you know like an acid trip but this was more like like putting you in a genre and and you know yeah. what, what we know is genres and i don't even know you know at that in the future, if they would even have an, a clue what those old genres were, so it's you know it was kind of wild to to think you know like they're experiencing that. The the one thing about it that in retrospect, thinking back, and I just by what the show is, it's kind of shocking that one of the genres wasn't a western. Yeah. <laughs> because they obviously yeah. know what westerns are. Everybody knows what Westworld is in that future. Mm. Yeah, that's why. Right. It's, it, it, it's one of those points that makes you think, are they in future world or not? I mean, I don't, I still yeah. don't think that that's the case, but they, I mean, yeah. in the other ones we've been to, they don't reference the other parks while they're there. I don't know. Just something to think about. I don't, yeah. I'm not sold on the future world thing yet, but I thought it was strange that <laughs> Western wasn't one of the genres. Cause I mean, the good, the bad and the ugly theme or something comes on. Everybody would have been doing the same thing. Would have yeah. been cheering. That, that would have been that, one of the genres I didn't get like the, when they played uh, Iggy Pop's nightclubbing, like yeah. it, it was when they were like running downstairs. Like it well, didn't, it, it didn't the really have the club feel. Like I, or like even say when it was used in uh, Train Spotting, like it didn't yeah, have that, that, that dopey, doped out feeling. I thought it was gonna kind of fit more. It just kind of yeah, made that it, was like, fast paced a little bit. That was the only thing I could think of is that they used it because of Train Spotting. But they, I mean, it's really not that similar to Train Spotting that I can remember. It's been a while since I've seen Train Spotting, but but they spotted what, they spotted yeah. a train, didn't they? Right? I mean, I guess. Oh, I, I, I suppose <laughs> literally. I suppose you could say that. I mean, I don't know. I just that just yeah. came to me right now, so it might have. Yeah, that's <laughs> that might have been all it was, I guess. And it was a group of people walking, I guess, and one of them's on drugs. But I think they're all on drugs and Train Spotting, if I remember correctly. 
It's been a while since I've seen it, but. Yeah. And then what I kind of thought was interesting is there is a whole uh, separate genre in this episode, which is Sirach's story. It's kind of his uh, biopic, really, because he's telling the story of his life. So I thought that was kind of, uh, you know. That was an interesting point. Yeah. A good point. Yeah, I don't know if people looked at it that way, but I was well, like, okay, what else has happened? What other genres are in this episode? And I, I felt like that was one. At one point, I was kind of like waiting for more of the Ciroc story. Like, I thought it was really, if you look at it, I feel like as much as that went on, it was really like a Ciroc episode. It was. I think there. I think there are a lot of things that happened with Dolores and Caleb and the whole genre experience that actually fit in with Sirach's story and kind of what he said and and how he told it. Like we can kind of map some things together. <clears throat> and um, I mean, almost. And I and I feel like no one's talked about Liam's t-shirt and I really want to talk about that because I think his t-shirt kind of said it all in terms of Ciroc's talking about outliers and stopping them. And Liam's t-shirt says basic on it. And I, I like, I can't believe no one in the other podcast didn't (laughs) mention it because I like, I saw it and I was like, of course he is so basic. And <laughs> it's a. Uh, it kind of covers a lot of territory because you can look at it at, from the technological standpoint. You know, basic is a uh, like kind of a, a really early uh, general purpose coding language, and um, you know, it was it was one they used really early on, kind of like a beginner all purpose. It stands for beginners all purpose symbolic instruction code. And it was used for a long time, but then, of course, it falls out of use in the 80s as newer machines with far greater capabilities came to market, which is kind of what's (laughs) happening here with the hosts and the humans, um, which I thought was kind of a a fascinating tie to make. I I loved when you had, when I saw that in the notes, that was, I hadn't thought about basic in like 30 years. Back when I was really little, my dad taught me how to do some of that stuff on, I think, one of our old like one of the earliest apples that was ever around. And I, I just had a blast from the past. Of course that was, I didn't, I didn't even think about the t-shirt at all. Till when the, just awesome stuff. Sorry. I just had to say that. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, that was, it was, I think that was pre DOS, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it was, I think it was on our Apple two C maybe. I don't even remember. I mean, it was like really old, like, like it weighed 55, 60 pounds and wow. yeah, had a, yeah. it was a green screen or a, no. Yeah, like amber colored screen, one of the screen. two. It was, yeah. Um, so. But I, yeah, I, I thought that the basic thing was kind of funny. And then like a term I hear a lot is like, oh, she's such a basic bitch. And it's, you know, the girl that like wears yoga <laughs> pants and drinks pumpkin spice lattes and watches The Bachelor. Sorry, Axel. And, um, (laughs) and, and, you know, and I looked up some of the definitions in Urban Dictionary and I just thought like this shortest one is used to describe someone devoid of defining characteristics that might make a person interesting, extraordinary, or just simply worth devoting time or attention to, which 
Liam had none of those qualities. Like Dolores, you know, wasn't interested in him for him. She was interested in him for his money and his access, you know. And, uh, and he essentially was basic because he had, other than his money, he had no control. He had nothing. Like he, mm-hmm. he right. really just faked the life. Like he was doing, yep. and we don't know what those quote unquote extracurricular activities were that, you know, uh, Martin had spoke of when he was talking about taking his money. So essentially like Liam is super basic. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a regular guy, particularly in this world. He's a bitch. So like it works out. (laughs) (laughs) He's a bitch versus a bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think he is. Um, anyway, yeah, he's, you know, he's a total follower. And, uh, you know, he's like, you people talking to Dolores and Caleb because they're, you know, they're really outliers in this and, um, you know, are getting ready to rock the boat. Anyway, I thought that was a really just kind of interesting thing to touch on because I'm like, yeah, basic, you know, and honestly, this is kind of a world of very basic people because they've been put on these loops and really have no, you know, if they have any kind of a gumption, really, it's, you know, Sirach takes you to his special private retreat and tries to, you know, uh, I don't know, bio edit it out of you. It's hard to tell what all is happening at that place, but um, that does kind of lead us uh to Ciroc, unless there's any more uh, ponderings about the basic T-shirt. <laughs> nah, you, you hit it. I mean, those two, just the 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 uh, point you brought up with the operating system, I think that really ties in because he was, you know, like a little kid when it was, back when it was uh, Solomon and then Reboham came about. And that was, you know, he he's basic. He has nothing to do with it, He, you know. So it was perfect. Cool. So, I mean, let's talk about Sorak a little bit. Um, a lot of bit. He's, a lot yeah. of bit. Yeah, yeah. Know, this might take a little while, I think. Yeah. <laughs> who Who wants to start off with with uh, Mr. Sorak and their their POV here? Uh, boy, I don't even know where to start, Tim. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I mean, I can start. Like right off the bat, like when I saw the first scene of him and his brother a couple episodes ago, finding out that Paris was nuked, that I just immediately thought of here's your uh, cornerstone. Like here's, you know, and then we start off. So first, like at the in, in Brazil, that was very I don't know, like, I don't know if it was strange, didn't fit, but I didn't really understand why he was there other than to, I guess, show us the power of Reboam. So I, again, like, was wondering, like, why couldn't he do the video conferencing thing? Why do you have to fly there? There was a lot of stuff about that that I was like, all right, like, this is almost unnecessary because everyone else we've seen him talk to has been through a hologram. And there's a, there's something weird about that scene for sure. Yeah. Like, but it does show, you know, that he's the puppet master and, you know, he's, he's doing 
Rabohim's work, you know, uh, and I see, you know, in the notes here, the man behind the curtain, like that's essentially what he is. So he's, he's kind of giving them a warning what Rabohim's going to do. You know, he's got the, the watch with the, with Rabohim's, uh, like, I guess, concerns and then a mood watch. Yeah, the mood watch, right? And then, and then on, yeah, his, yeah. on his plane, he had that that screen with Rabohim's, you know, mood. Um, so he's definitely taking all his cues from him. So, I I agree. I but you know I think that because we know Rabohim gives like you know six or seven possible outcomes, and it's like okay, which one do you want? So regardless of all the outcomes that are shown, Sirach still has the power to choose. So he's the ultimate decider. He is really the God. Like um, Reboam is just kind of giving the scenarios that could happen, but it's also giving him the information like this one will happen if you take this person out. Like he knew, he's like, oh, you know, or people can come into your house at night and, you know, they'll replace you as president with that guy with the big mustache. You know, it's like that specific. Um, and it's more about the choices, I think, that that Sirach has been making to try and keep the world from destroying itself, so to speak. Um, but that being said, is Sirach an outlier? That 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 is not controlled by Raboam, because what did it, you know his brothers say that you know we got to take him out and then it's, it's essentially what happens he takes out Liam's dad you know so it it's you know you could kind of see that it may you know maybe he's predetermined to do what he's supposed to do also he's supposed to go look for the anomalies he's supposed to go look for uh, Dolores because. Rabohim needs more information from, you know, the mm. human condition. So it, you know, it makes you wonder, like, does he fall into the loop? Well, uh, we'll yeah. essentially we have, that's, you know, it's a, uh, a question we won't get an answer to or, you know, rhetorical question, but it's something that we don't, we still can't be sure of. It's true. No, I think that's true. And, and and that kind of leans into Brett had a really interesting theory that Ciroc really doesn't have a brother, that Ciroc is kind of the brother in a way. Um, and I mean, that's totally possible. You know, uh, it could be like an alter ego that sprang out of him due to the trauma of the, you know, kind of Paris getting nuked. Um, and there's something about that, that, you know, it's like, we see two different modes of Arnold right now. We've got like four different modes of Dolores, you know, and they're always like kind of dualities and, you know, a certain level of multifacetedness to humans and their personalities. And I don't know, I thought, I thought breath theory was actually really kind of interesting. I don't know if it's, if it's, you know, right on, but I, I kind of like playing with that. I, I mean, when I heard that, I was like, whoa, Brett, keep going because I want, you know, Brett has <laughs> really great theories and I didn't see specifically like uh, Liam's dad talking to him. It was He was talking to Ciroc. 
Mm-hmm. So it, I, could it be, you know, uh, like when you go through a traumatic experience and you have, you know, say someone guiding you, um, you know, it really got me thinking about that. But it also got me thinking about uh, Ford and Arnold. Like they did that together. Then Arnold mm-hmm. Arnold couldn't handle it, you know, and then Ciroc's brother yeah. couldn't handle it. So it was like very, uh, you know, big comparison there that like, uh, you know, they kind of fit the same thing. And they were both kind of after the same, same kind of, you know, uh, technology. Yeah, I, I think a lot of, I think Brett's theory is very interesting. I think so. I mean, it completely depends on how believable you think Sirach is talking right. to Rehoboam. I mean, what reason would he have to tell Rehoboam all that stuff anyways? So, I mean, and if Rehoboam can predict everything in the past and in the future, why would he, why would Rehoboam even need to know that from him? So, I mean, did he plant that information in there to give it to Dolores or whoever breaks in? I, that's the whole, I can't quite wrap my mind around all of that stuff. Cause I mean, I think there's an, personally, I think Sirach's, I can just talk about it here, I guess. I, I think Sirach's brother, I think there's a very good shot that that's who Caleb is. Yeah, I, I think, I think you could be wow. right. Um, well, there's the, I mean, and I, this actually, that reason, the more I'm thinking about, I went back and watched a few other scenes this episode, but that was why I was a couple minutes late getting on the call. The, uh. I went back to the first episode and I think this actually lends more theory or more credence to Brett's human hybrid theory. I went back to that scene with the counselor when Caleb was talking to the counselor in the first season or the first episode, excuse me, not the first season or Caleb's first episode. I can't remember if that was, I think it was the first episode, right? Um, and they're talking back and forth and the, like, just the, I'm just going to read you some of the conversation. Caleb says, you guys observed us pretty closely too. That's how this works, right? And the, the, the counselor says, I'm not going to lecture you about the benefits of our program. And he says, I think my benefits are conditional on the fact that I participate. I'm wondering if that maybe it's something he volunteered for. Mm. And I think he is... Uh, uh, I, I mean, lost my yeah. thought there. Well, and it's it would make sense in a lot of ways as to why why Dolores would have, I mean, we thought from the beginning that it seemed like Dolores probably set that whole meeting up to meet him. If she somehow knew that that was this guy's brother, but I don't remember if she knew Ciroc back then. I just, I can't remember exactly. I I don't think she had a name yet, or did she just, she, she had a name, but I don't think she knew enough about him. Although now she does because she was able to get that file when mm-hmm. Dolores, you know, kind of let everyone loose. Right, and it was and, after and, she met Liam. So she was already yeah. kind of in the loop. She yeah. knew where she was headed. That- and it would be, I mean, it, this whole thing might be her trying to break, break the original brother back out of Caleb's so she can gain full control. It, yeah. it would tie into also why Liam flipped out like and he's like you know yeah you, you know uh i figure what he exactly said uh uh i have it written down the, oh, here somewhere uh, you're the worst of yep. them right yeah but, you don't you don't even know who you are you're the worst of them yeah. and another time he yells out you did it that makes me think young liam was in the room when the brother leaned over to Sirach and said we should just kill him 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. He could have easily heard that. I mean, my three-year-old kid hears every damn thing I say. It doesn't matter what room I'm in. So there's a lot of things that made me rethink about that human hybrid theory. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because it might not be the same. It might not be the brother's body. In fact, it's probably not. But and Caleb is still trying to figure out who, I mean, one of his main stories of this season is trying to figure out who he is. I mean, yeah. it would, I think a lot of things add up to that, that actually being yeah. the case as well, but I don't know. It's, I could see it going either way. Yeah. Well, and there was something else too, and this is kind of like a Ciroc and Ciroc brother thing is um, at the beginning, Ciroc describes his brother as, sweet generous and my french is crappy but um mine's worse so don't worry <laughs> kind of like a person like i think i kind of thought oh very generous but no it actually means unique and so um you know like no other and um and then he said i want you know i wanted to stay but he said there's a time to leave things behind and i felt like that was a very dolorous statement in a way, just, you know, sometimes you have to leave things behind, get off your loop. And so from the beginning, his brother is this kind of unique person that um, is willing to do something different without uh-huh. really questioning it. Um, and it kind of goes back to the, you know, maybe Ciroc initially was a little more basic and his brother, Jean, was always more unique. Um yeah. In this way, and then this leads into more because I have we have this whole area coming up called "Who is Caleb?" But um, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure where to put it in there, so I just yeah. jammed it in now. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if we want to just kind of talk about that now because we've already touched on it, rather than jump around and then we can kind of go back to. I think we should. I think we should. Could. I mean, the, yeah. the other the other. Uh, I, it's, I had jotted another note here that I just saw too, along those same lines of him possibly being the brother. When Dolores is talking to Serac at the end through the hologram, two of the things she says is, "You're not helping them; you're changing them, like you changed your brother." Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the, some of those lines are—I don't know. It seems—it seems too obvious that, that that would be the case after putting that stuff together. Right. But I just—I well, I think there's a lot of stuff. The there. last we saw of his brother was when he was in that—that. That I don't know if re-education the whole, center. Right, re-education center. And what was he, what was he doing there? Like they brought up, uh, I think it was Ken and, Ken and Axel. They said it, it, you know, looked so much like the rooms in the cradle, right? The cradle, the inside the, um, with the text work, I forget what it was. Yeah. Right. In yeah. there. And now, you know, we're seeing it, you know, in this, in this, world or wherever we're in um you know if it's the real world or if it's it's you know inside a you know uh another program like it's it's very similar and then how could he have changed them like how how would you condition people like they were folding their sheets and like doing menial tasks and all i saw was delos james delos like in that Mm -hmm. in that you know, with the record and doing the same things over and over. And if they are outliers, you know, um, and you can't change them. Well, what do we know that, that Caleb has is some sort of implant 
we know that it's at the very least, if he's not a fully functioning, uh, quote unquote host now, I don't, you know, can't host is a bad word because they're not hosting anything, but, um, you know, if he is an AI, but he's definitely got AI components and yeah, he can be controlled by a tripod. Right. And he also had the ability to turn off whatever that drip does. Now, we never really got mm-hmm. explained what this drip does. Um, well, it's, yeah. It seemed like the, the doctor was kind of alluding to that, like it would keep you, quote unquote, on your path, like more normal or maybe in your loop better um, because he's an outlier. Like, was that a fix? Was that, you know, something to, was that what they were working on there? You know, um, was that what made him after he had his breakdown when he, you know, we, we know that he got picked up by social services from what Dolores told him about his past. So it's a good possibility that if it's, you know, maybe not Sirach's brother exactly, maybe he was, you know, his, a ball was put into him to continue him, you know, him on, you know, maybe, maybe John had, you know, a ball inside him. If, if that's the case, like, you know, we still don't know, like they all might have balls inside them, you know, the, the pearls rather. I don't. uh, Right. Well, no, I I think you might be right because, you know, they take those like wafer things and the drip seems to be kind of in the roof of the mouth area, which is, you know, if you, if you go up far enough, you're going then into the sinus category, the uh, cavity in which, you know, they use to lobotomize Clementine Mm -hmm. if you you go up far enough. So it kind of seems to be aligned with, you know, the, the anatomy, so to speak of, of their heads. But, um, also, I mean, you know, it is kind of like, you know, was that scene in the diner where, Caleb's mom left him is that just his programmed cornerstone for him in this iteration you know I mean that's kind of you know where we can kind of go in circles with it it's like was that a real memory or is this like a you know like Ford giving Bernard still the memory of his son dying just like Arnold had yeah and and you know then we see like he's really fixated on that mo- crashing of the waves against the shore that like really mm-hmm. fixated on that. And, and, you know, Dolores says in 10 years or whatever, you, you know, 15 years, you, you, this is where you kill yourself. Like, we don't know that's true. You know, she might've just told him that like maybe to, you know, to soothe that, what that, uh, memory or image he has in his head of that, you know, to calm him down. It's, it's, it's still so much left on the table here to, to, to really make a, a proper theory or, you know, or, you know, judgment, like, cause you know, that would totally negate the Sirach brother thing that, you know, if he's just himself, um, yeah. it's, it really, it leaves a, 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 still a few avenues open. I like that part. Take a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. And we're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in Cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed. 
happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. I, I do think, though, from kind of looking at Caleb at a whole different level, though, have you guys seen the the Divergent movies? Oh, they're, yeah. They're kind of... Uh, okay. So I kind of look at Caleb, whoever he is, as the ultimate Divergent outlier in this society, right? And I just say it because um, for a couple of reasons. When, those sh- when they're in reality and the shooters come before Dolores gets shot, they were going to shoot Caleb. They weren't going to shoot Dolores. She stepped right in front of him and took the bullets to protect him. So I thought that was really interesting. I'm like, okay, maybe he is, he seems to be more important than we realize at this point. But then there was something else that when Liam senior was with the rock in the reeducation center, Sirach said to him, somewhere in this group is an agitator that will destroy the world. And I kind of figured he meant this group that I have here right now. Mm -hmm. And that the agitator reveals Sirach's trials, what he's doing with the outliers, to the public. And that this is what results in human extinction. I want to put the emphasis on human because... That doesn't necessarily mean host or host hybrid extinction. It's yeah. almost like a new, you know, um, uprising. It's like uh, it's like Sky, yeah. Skynet, like when they, you know, when they nuked everything, and you know, we saw nukes going off. We still, we still don't know that they, you know, like that room that he brought her in the first time looked so real, and we knew that was uh, uh, when he brought Maeve into that room, Sirach, and that was fake. You know, then the next time it's supposedly real in Singapore. Um, and he's like, oh, I would love to take you to Paris, but it's gone. May, you know, maybe there's not enough information to, to recreate, uh, say, a uh, uh, simulation of it. You know, th- there's a lot of just weird tie-ins that could explain both things. That's why, like, you know, I, I know a lot, you know, Justin really hates the... the um, simulation within a simulation theory but <laughs> I, I i can't get away from it because i know it's still not disproven like there's so many things that could go either way and i really want i i'm still going with that from the start they, they would have not said that in the first episode and still like all these things keep happening that are like little lines that are said, like, uh, you yeah. know, Bernard said, like, looks at that screen. Oh, they're sending them off. You're sending them off their loops. Like, how would he even know they're on loops? Like, how would he interpret that? Like, he, he, he knows, <laughs> like, just from looking at that. But if you're, say, looking at code that you, that is familiar, you, you would know that you, you ran similar code inside Westworld. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of little things and kind of like what you were saying with divergent this episode for the first time, it made me think of Caleb. And I think I've heard somebody else mention this before too, but it made me think so much of Keanu Reeves and the matrix 
I mean, even in the beginning of the season, he hated what he was doing. He was depressed. He didn't like anything. All of a sudden, a newcomer shows up and says, there's a whole other world that you can be exposed to if you come with me. I mean, I was getting some serious Morpheus from Dolores and serious Neo from The Matrix and waking him up and it's going to change everything and the whole yeah. the one thing. And I got such a strong vibe, that, of that, especially in this episode. That line when no. he says, uh, you're the only real thing. I know like yeah. a couple episodes yeah. ago, like uh-huh. that's, and we, and the audience knows she's the least real thing that we all know of. Yeah. And yeah. along that same line, I also had, a, and I don't really have anything to prove or disprove this, but that it could be part of it could be in a simulation. It doesn't mean the whole thing is right. like, I mean, that would explain why Hale couldn't get a hold of her all the time or something. Maybe she was in some, in a simulation at that point And she isn't when she was with Hale or all kinds of, I think there's a lot of different, I mean, obviously we that we really could talk in circles about that, but I don't think any of the simulation stuff can be ruled out either. I agree with you yeah. 100%. Yeah. Or the outliers maybe couldn't, couldn't fit the simulation it, and you know, maybe it was people at one time that were say hybrids that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden, you know, these people want all these upgrades and things in them. But once you, you know, just with any technology, we know once you turn your computer on, you're susceptible to a virus. Once you, you know, you connect to the internet, unless you're air gap computer, which none of these machines are in this world, you know, like you, uh-huh. you, you can easily get hacked and, and reprogrammed and, you know, we've seen it. And, and with something like Reboam, it's, way bigger than just needing a tripod like that if you have you know, <laughs> that kind of power like you can push people towards certain things and you could also if there are allies there you could push other people like say hire uh like um rico someone to come in and course correct yeah maybe that you know that's why the rico is there because there are outliers out there that need to be swayed to do certain things to keep order mm-hmm. yeah um just like one last point on the whole caleb equals neo thing it was really interesting when i don't know if it was like really a genre or if it was just re- reality but he was in awe of reality like he was looking with his look on his face like it was the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, he, he could have easily turned to the camera and done a whoa or something like that, and it would have fit right in. <laughs> yep. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, my Keanu Reeves impression is pretty poor. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wonder what happened to Keanu Reeves because he was out here film, filming Matrix before everything went on lockdown. He was in San Francisco and like spotted over in Alameda a couple miles away from me. And oh, I heard they were filming. I didn't know they were, that was filming in San Francisco. That's cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, darn it. They were filming like right up the block from where I used to work. And I was like, ah, oh, gosh, darn. Oh. Um, which would have been, would have been kind of cool, but yes. Yeah. Keanu is somewhere in San Francisco sheltering in place. And, and where, <laughs> where was one of the divergences that, that San Francisco, San Francisco. Uh, you know, <laughs> It's a tie-in. <laughs> and, and, you know, as we know with a lot of uh, sci-fi, that it's built off of other sci-fi. You know, like, it's like sci-fi is one of those genres where it's accepted to, you know, acceptable to take 
someone else's idea, say, you know, an old book, yeah. as you know, Isaac Asimov or something, or something like that, and then take that concept and expand on it because, yep. the, you know, AI has been, you know, done all different kinds of ways that in all different kinds of books and movies, but this is totally different. This this whole Westworld scenario than I think I don't I know especially me that I, I've ever seen or or you know thought about as far as consciousness or how you know machines interact with each other in, in this way. It's usually like a directive, you know, something like Terminator, like wipe them out. Like, but, but, you know, this is putting it on a whole new plane. Like they're, they're able to, you know, explore so many different avenues that like tie them closer to us. I think that's why, like, I don't know, at least I feel like so much more of a connection to this kind of AI because they're making decisions like we would make decisions instead of just taking orders. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of sci-fi and how sci-fi kind of all bleeds in together, what else is happening in this show is there are a ton of biblical references. And Tim, I know that you were looking into this some more because um, I, I think that's something I, I'm sure we've kind of seen before, kind of biblical references coming into sci-fi, but... Um, and themes, but there's a lot in this. And so do you want to talk about, um, talk about that a little bit too? Definitely. So, you know, originally when we heard of Reboham, I, you know, we mentioned that early other podcasts, I looked it up and it was, you know, uh, the son of Solomon. Um, and then we find out the first iteration of their machine was named Solomon and Solomon didn't work right. So it was obviously dismantled. And then they built Rebohim. And what Rebohim did was um, rule with like, a, uh, I don't want to say an iron fist, but he was a little more um, tighter. Like he didn't listen to the elders and he did whatever he wanted. And that drove away the 10 tribes to move north. So Rebohim actually broke apart the full nation of Israel that uh well judea that um david had had built and then uh solomon had really united and we see right in this episode that everything was undone and then we have the story of sirach so just coincidentally i happen to be having a a like theological discussion with my buddy and he tells me about this uh one book that uh I think it was called the Book of Jubilee that wasn't really recognized by um the Jewish faith but the Jewish faith called the Beta Jews in Ethiopia brought that into their form of Judaism and so I'm reading about it and boom I come ar- along the name Sirach. And I'm like, no way. So there's Sirach and it's, it's actually a book, uh, called the book of Sirach. And now it's, it's very, it's been compared, um, it, to, uh, Eli, Eli, I don't know how to say it, Eli, 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 Eli
Ecclesiastes. There you go. It's been compared to that book with, with certain things, um, um, but it's not really used in in modern Jewish uh, law. Like, but the book of of Sirach talks about the character of Sirach, and he exhibits little compassion for women, either women or slaves. He advocates mm-hmm. distrust and possessiveness over women. Now we could just take the woe and the men part and just use it as people, right? And, and and then he put harsh treatment of slaves, which purposes the validity of slavery as an institution, which if you look at it, the loops to me, not making your own choices, that's a, an institution of slavery, even though, yeah. you know, they're not, it's not the slavery kind of idea we would think of as far as like making people, you know, work, uh, work with, with no pay. Like they actually set up a, you know, a system to keep people somewhat happy and in their loop. Um, so then, uh, there's another part of the book where Sirach digresses and attacks theories which he considers dangerous. For example, that no man has freedom freedom of will and that God is indifferent to the actions of mankind and does not reward virtue. Some of the refutations of these are developed at considerable length. Now it goes on and on to talk about um, different parts, but those are to be two major parts I pulled out of that. And then Sirach says things like, um, we need order from chaos, right? And then, uh, you know, he's, he says other things um, to that thing, uh, to that nature when he's talking with Maeve, like how he had to fix people, how he had to fix everything. Like he essentially, when I'm reading this, I'm like, I was, I was like, holy shit, this is the Sarah character. And this was right before this episode that I'm like, no way. And then all of a sudden it's a Sarah centric episode. And, and I'm like, this is nuts that this is actually fitting into place. And I happened to be talking to Justin last week. Um, we were chatting back and forth on, uh, in messenger and we were just talking about, cause he brought up on his show, the Rebohim and um, he actually went down to Rebohim's uh, son um, and, and, and then, you know, actually it was, uh, I think it was like a, a counterpart, like not his son, but it was the, the guy who, who uh, I forget his name. It was like Jadohim or something like that. It was, it was a similar name, but with a J and he took the tribes North and broke away from Rebohim. And so we, we started talking more about, about this whole thing and how he, and he goes, you know, it would be really wild if we found out that there was a precursor to it. That was Solomon. And we and did. We did. And I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> like this has to be discussed. And, you know, just, and we know that the way they write this stuff that like nothing is thrown away. There's nothing yeah. done for no reason. Just like the t-shirt, just a simple yeah, thing like that. No nothing yeah. like, so it has to be looked at. It has to, you know, just be seen. And then just that line that Sirach can, you know, considers uh, that no man has no freedom of will. 
and that God is indifferent to actions of mankind and doesn't reward virtue, like, that's what Sirach is about. It, it, I mean, he starts the episode by saying they needed to create a new God because the yeah. God they had wasn't working or whatever the line was. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it just was like, to me, it was mind-blowing. So the, the, the fact that all this is here, it says, I, I don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse, but it just really adds more to the fact that I feel like this is a program. This is something that either mm. they're hybrids or, you know, because at one point when we see um, uh, Ash shoot Liam, that was a choice because that yeah. they were, she uh -huh. was let free after that. And she thought about it, said, what are you going to do from here? He says, well, you do this, this, and you guys go ruin your lives. And, and Liam's like talking all this shit. And, she just makes that choice like, nah, you're not going to choose that for me. So that breaks the whole thing of man has, you know, no free will. And she just broke that loop. And then we see the, the whole chaos of everybody learning the real truth. So when you see also like the people fighting with each other in the train, is that, you know, uh, the, the square root of negative zero like is that that them going crazy in the in you know in the loop like like they start going they can't handle it now i could also see humans acting very similarly but you know why does liam say uh they're already returning to their base selves like uh, primates like is that what he's talking about that we have primal instincts or is it these are our their original codes you know, it's like before they were altered. So I'm, I'm, you know, my brain was going wild this week after this episode. And I was, I was like more blown away Sunday night from the episode because this stuff was all in my head. Uh, and I enjoyed it more on the rewatch. Like I, I was just jazzed up because all these pieces started to seem like I couldn't say they fit together, but they were all closely aligned. And, and, and like, you know, the puzzle is definitely apparent. And then to add to that, speaking of puzzles, <laughs> I, I sent you guys a picture on, you know, Sunday night after we all had watched it. And when Bernard is talking with uh, Martin, when they first walk into that building, uh, Bernard's standing there and they pan up. And you see the Insight logo, but the Insight logo is looks like a globe. But then when you look at it closer, it's the same lines that were on the maze. <laughs> and now, yeah. you know, I don't want to. I don't want to. I, I can't say like the you know. I, I got to stay hardcore with the this theory of the you know simulation in a simulation or like you know like I keep thinking of Inception. You know, they're just at another level. Like, it, it yeah. could be possible Dolores conquers this whole thing, beats Reboham, and maybe gets out into the real, real world. Maybe it's, you know, like, maybe there's right. another level to it. And and yeah. it's just, it, it it has to be at least at least addressed or at least, like, considered. Because or it's like a, like a uh, video game where you got to pass a level. And she's already played this level a bunch. 
that's why she, I mean, she knew how to say it. She knew how to finish uh, Liam's line in the, in the, when they're in the train car and she, he starts, she basically says the same line he says at the same time he says it. Mm-hmm. How would you, how would she know that? Maybe she's done it before. And how, I mean, how, how, yeah. what does she say to, to uh, William when he's in the institution? Oh, this is it. You finish your game. This oh, the yep. end of the game. Yeah. The end of the, you know, like, so. It, Am I mean? It's, it's, <laughs> ah, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing that looking back and kind of like, you know, the what world are we in? Or is this a simulation within a simulation? Or is this future world? Is there was Sirach, when he was telling a story, he says, my brother and I came to the new world with one goal. And I was like, well, what's the new world? Is that just North America as it's commonly referred to? Or is this literally a new world, a different planet? If humans had gone so far to be so destructive and were destroying the world they were in, you know, was there another planet like kind of colonized at this point in which we saw rockets last week? And we saw the rockets. And so that's just kind of, you know, kind of another, I don't know, another big question mark. And and then to go back to the matrix, is it a new world as if they're plugged in, laying in some kind of goo, running in the real, in in that real, that new world? You know, is it? Or is is the world that they, Earth been so demolished that that's the only way humans can survive on Earth? Right. I mean, there's so many different. Yeah. That's that yeah, that life in yeah, reality is so unsatisfying that you are plugged into a yeah. world that is like like a version of Ready Player One or something like that where yeah. everybody spends all their time in the in the virtual world just because and they've somehow yeah. trained themselves to forget it. I mean, we're going super deep here, but that could definitely be something that's a possibility. Yeah. I don't think it's something you can say there's no way that's possible. I, I mean, as far out there as it sounds, I don't think it sounds that far out there. Like it's, it seems more in line to what we know the park was, you know, it, you know, but then, you know, if it, it, it's, it's, it's very hard to explain. Like the, the, I can't get the words out, but like, I'm, you know, it, I'm still convinced it's some kind of either hybrid implant or maybe the new world, the old world wasn't sustainable. Maybe, you know, yeah. maybe they have to like live in, in some way where they're, they're getting fed by, a, uh, say, an IV. And the only way to actually live life is to enter a simulation. Yeah. Yep. You know, and then yeah. maybe yeah. they get so bored with that world they would go to Westworld to have a whole new experience. Yeah. But then the whole thing about Westworld and the parks are, and this is also something that has kind of never jived to me. I don't know. You know, William discovered his true self the first time he went to Westworld, but according to this timeline, I don't think Solomon or Rehoboam would even be in play. So I don't necessarily think humans would be under that level of control yet. Yet he found something in this world so compelling because he could be his base self there and kind of act out in a way. And I think that's why a lot of people went to those parks. So there's something that is, I find kind of oddly balanced, you know, 
Liam really criticizing, oh, look at them all return to their base selves. It's like, well, isn't that why the, you know, the ultra wealthy go to these parks to be their base selves? Or, or and, to get out of their loop. Like that's their escape yeah, from the loop. If, if they're in a loop of, say, a machine is in the loop and, you know, they, or they know, say they know at one point, like the ultra wealthy who control this stuff know that their people are in the loop. Like say, you know, you're ultra wealthy and you're in this simulation, but you have more information because you know it's being controlled. You know, like the common, yeah. the common person has no idea that there's more to it and that, that it's, that's actually, you know, a loop to keep you just moving along in cycles. Right. But at the same time, William had a scorecard of his personality in Westworld, the same way all these people received once Dolores set them free. Man, I never even thought about that. Then again, makes you wonder, are they all playing this game in future world? Are they? (laughs) I don't know. As soon as you said that, that's the first thing I thought. I hadn't even, I hadn't made that connection at all. Yeah, you know, and I could see the the spaceships, you know, like I I think I might have mentioned it last week, like maybe just being a backdrop, like just to make you feel like it's more futuristic. Mm, Yeah, maybe. Like, you know, because... I, as much as Axel loves it, like I to go into that whole next level of space, unless it's unless it's some other, you know, we were able to create a, a satellite type world that you know is in, is habitable. That I could see that, but w- like, where would those spaceships go? Like, we the, I, the, there's no way I want to hear that that's like Mars and we figured out how to live there. Like that doesn't make sense. Like it's yeah. or the moon. It, to me, it would make sense if like it was a space station that resembled the Earth. Well, I don't think. I mean, I don't. This I'm a little sidetrack. I don't think it could be Mars or the moon because we saw a moon in the in the backdrop. So we also saw a moon in the in the first episode of Game of Thrones. That didn't mean anything. Yeah, that's true. Well, no, what I mean is, if they were on Mars, a comet. Never mind. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just saying, like, because Mars doesn't have a moon, and either does the moon doesn't have a moon of its own either. That was that was my only. That could have been. That that, could have been the Earth. That moon that we saw, though, what I thought was so weird about it is, you know, when you look up into the sky and see a half moon, the half is um, is is vertical, and to me. The yeah. half looked um, horizontal, and it did look large. It could have been a decimated Earth, I guess. Yeah, or a, you know, even like another planet that was close. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Well, t- how but, many moons did Tatooine have? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But um, oh gosh, there was something I was going to say about I don't know what we were talking about. We're talking about uh, Westworld. The genre episode, season three, episode five. <laughs> no, I just meant, like, <laughs> I, know. I was thinking of something and now it's a, uh... oh, okay. Um, are you all familiar with the movie AI that Steven Spielberg did yeah. with Haley Joel Osment like years ago? For sure. Yeah. Oh, yep. So 
first of all, I found that to be one of the most depressing movies ever. I think I left it and had to like go find three other movies to watch. But you remember at the end, he is artificial intelligence. You remember who comes to get him at the end, right? It's Anthony Hopkins, isn't it? Well, it, but it's also, I thought it was like an alien life force too. Yeah. Because they were highly yeah. technologi- technologically sophisticated. So I think, I think that's actually a point for debate in that movie because I, some people say it's advanced, the robots have advanced that far and they've came to find him. Okay. I, I mean, I've heard the aliens one too. I don't think it's ever been, that movie was actually originally written by Stanley Kubrick, who is obviously influenced a ton of stuff yeah. in this world. And sp- Oh, did we lose Andy? Uh, it's aliens or... Can you just go back like... Or advanced robots. Go back 10 seconds because you, you cut out for a sec. Oh, sorry. I said the... Uh, I said that AI was originally written by uh, Stanley Kubrick who has been... who has been uh, obviously a huge influence on Westworld already. And it was... there's a, I know there's always been a debate at the end of that whether they're aliens or they are super advanced robots mm. that come there. Either one would fit in with this as well. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I just kind of think, okay, is there a next level out there somewhere? And that's yeah. that's also a good movie to bring up because, you know, that that's kind of close to what where this show goes. Except it didn't obviously get as deep as this, but it it got to the point of what is that AI capable of? How you know what does it realize? What is it learning? Like this, it's you know we're like on the next level of that here. In you know, yeah. in this in this show, like because they're obviously you know so much more developed, especially all five, uh, four or five Doloreses. Yeah. Oh, it's it's wild. So I got a question: <laughs> How the hell did Stubbs pop up? <laughs> you know that is a good question. I was like, oh, he didn't need to like go back to to the. The, the cleanup text to be put back together. Yeah, like, like how Humpty did, Dumpty had how a great fall happen? there. <laughs> yeah. You think that wouldn't have been. Uh, how, how did he know to come and save Bernard and get into a insights building security? It, that, that was, it, that part was a little wonky. Like that. that it, it's, when that know. happened, I immediately thought that he's, I think he's Ciroc's other mole. Ooh. Oh, that could be. Ooh. How, how in there? That's really how why he shot himself in the head at that one point. Yeah. So he wouldn't be. And he could, have, he could have been the one that brought Maeve's ball off the yes. island. Yes, you are very right. And he could be like Samwise and uh, Bernard is Frodo. <laughs> That's, I definitely got that vibe from him before, too. So that wouldn't surprise me either. <laughs> Where's Gollum? Uh, yeah. That's Liam. Is that Liam, Liam is Gollum. <laughs> That's what I was going to say the same thing, Tim. That's perfect. Oh, my God. Uh, um, so what else do we have to talk about? Should we uh, try and wrap things up or any other kind of I've got, questions? I've got, one, I've got one more thing I want to bring up that oh. nobody I don't think had really talked about. Okay, when uh, right before Martin blows everybody up, he gives the – he gives the tripod to Bernard and says, you need to go check out this place. It's the re-education center. You guys remember that scene, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it led me to believe he was referring to 
the same thing where Sirach's brother was at, right? Mm -hmm. The picture he shows him on the tripod is the same building that Dolores took MIB to in the end of last episode. It is exactly the same. It's a picture of the building they show before they show MIB in the psych ward. Wow. And it it says re-education center. Or it's, uh, what do I have it written down here? It says inner journeys recovery center on the tripod, that picture. And it's the same exact picture they show. That's, that was the other thing I was looking at before I got on the call. Cause I was like, I think that's the same thing. And it is definitely the same building. Now that, wow. And that could be the spot in Berlin. That's been, yep. been talked about that. No one's really visited yet in the show. Yeah. Just talked about. Interesting. So that, that to me, that makes me think Dolores sent MIB to one of these reeducation centers. <laughs> How much does she know, and what is she doing? That it also makes me think even more that one of those pearl balls is in MIB. Maybe. Oh man, she sent him there for some reason. I, I don't know. And now she wants to send Bernard there too. Hmm. Yeah, and, and, oh, there's a lot to think. About. I just figured that. I just figured all that out like five minutes before we went on the air, so I haven't had a chance to really think this through and, yet. But if you take it like you know, I was kind of jokingly saying about Frodo and, and Samwise, but that could be similar to you know bringing the ring to to yeah. the mountain Mordor. to Mordor. Yeah. Holy shit! Well, and. Better to send to the re-education center than Bernard, who spent the majority of his existence programming hosts mm-hmm. and deprogramming hosts, and then getting programmed yeah. by Dolores. Yeah. Wow. And programming himself. Yeah. <laughs> doing the checks. I mean, because he's like, this is where he could spend the rest of his life just doing more. Well, it could right. It could be. <laughs> Like she's using him to go there and disrupt it or go there and be part of it. I I mean, I don't know. I feel like part of Bernard this season, because she kind of said something to the effect of we have to go our separate ways. You it's almost like he's in a similar place to where she was back when she was first a host and Arnold was coaching her to kind of uh, more of a conscious awareness, like Bernard's kind of there, but he's not all the way there. He doesn't really have a, like a will or a purpose yet. And so maybe by sending him here, he's, he's going to like truly understand what side he's on because, you know, even the Martin Dolores said to him, you've always been of two minds, Bernard. And he's too, and um, we know he's, two Bernards because he keeps switching himself back and forth to the other one. Right. So that, oh, wow. When, so that makes me wonder because Dolores was actually of two minds too. She had the Wyatt lurking in the background. And I actually think somewhere along the line, Dolores and Wyatt fully merged, right? She, she gained that sense of kind of violence and defense and everything else from Wyatt that she needed as that, you know, innocent rancher's daughter that, that couldn't defend herself. And I think Bernard has these two sides too. We know he can be a killing machine, you know, cause we've seen him do that, but we also know he's, he's very logical and has this cornerstone of a son, but maybe it's his two minds need to come together to form one to actually fully be like completely, 
sentient, well, I guess you'd say. And that would fit in with why Halebot is conflicted because mm-hmm. the merging of the two minds, sort of. Um, and it could also be like, uh, right, like you said, Bernard doing, uh, like, when, he, when he, he's even aware of it, though. Like, when he says to Martin, are you doing this because she told you or because you want to? Like, why are you listening to her? Like, he was he was aware that something's not right, that there's still Martin, like, Martin's being or his his thought process inside mixed with Dolores. Like, so all of the, quote-unquote, you know, Dolores bots could be in a similar situation. And that, that would make sense for that line of thinking. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. So did you see the, how about that COVID shout out this week? Yeah. So that was um, uh, the face masks. Uh, there was a woman wearing a face mask in the scene right before Dolores got shot. And, you know, they're in the reality when everyone has gone off their loops and realized what's happened. But there was a woman in a face mask and there was a, a, a boy in a face mask a couple episodes ago. And I mean, I, they could have gone back in and put a few of those in, but I do think they also filmed in Asia where it's more common, uh, where people will occasionally wear a face mask when, when they go out. And I mean, just because the know. air quality is so bad. That was before, yeah. before even, you know, just for disease purposes. Um, or, yeah, you know, that was normal. That's uh, that, you know, it was just a cool little thing that you observed, and I, I thought that was definitely worth talking about. Now, I got a question. Mm-hmm. He, it when Dolores did that, what do you think happens to Raboam? Now, we saw Raboam start like on on the plane of Sirach, like the 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 mood screen started diverging a little bit, like off the edges, but it didn't look crazy. We never saw it after she hit the button fully and everybody started going crazy. So I wonder, I'm wondering, does Rebohim like melt down at this point? So I have a theory why it didn't look crazy everywhere. And we just kind of saw it spike on that one portion of the world is because of time zones. Not everyone necessarily, I don't think would have. Oh, would have looked at it at the same time would have went to check it at the same time. I think whatever time zone they were in would check it. So if that was like the United States or whatever at that time, um, you know, and depending on what time of day it is, then you would have eventually all the other time zones of the world as they like woke up the next day. I think that's when like full blown chaos um, would start when everyone like woke up to look at it. I think there's also a chance though that it might not even hurt it because yeah. um, Sirach had said a couple different times before, well, I mean, at the, one of the first episodes, he says the war is already lost. And a couple different times he said, it's predicted that this is the end of humankind and all that stuff. So maybe it actually is pre- already predicted this and knew something. I mean, not exactly what was going to happen, but knew there was going to be something that was going to be a major changer. Like it, there was a couple of times where it showed little like chart graphs and it would show these just drops down to nothing. And, it, it maybe is already planned for that yeah. as well. Cause I mean, otherwise why would you say the war's already lost? That line has stuck with me a long time. Yeah. Well, and in some ways this is actually gives Rehoboam the data that he wanted from Delos really, because 
he's getting the raw uh-huh. data from actual human knowledge. I love that idea. And their free will has been unleashed. So whatever inhibitions they, you know, left behind when yeah. they went to these parks, that's the data he really wants. And he doesn't realize that by keeping these people on their loops for so long, he's been depriving mm-hmm. himself of the real data to really understand why things go off. And honestly, maybe they always fell apart, not because there's an outlier, but because there just wasn't enough free will to like keep things on track. Yeah. People don't care. And then maybe that ties into the beginning scene because he says there's the destabilizing uh, faction that's going to mess everything up here. Well, Maybe that's the same situation. Like that's the that's yeah. the destabilizer, and that's why we saw that. Like he was trying to control that one, but couldn't control the other one, and it was just like a maybe like a little clue for us to to watch out for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, this episode just got way better. <laughs> I know, I'll have to go back and rewatch it, <laughs> like with a fresh perspective. I think I need to watch yeah. AI again too, just to. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember thinking that, and somebody, I the on the AI thing, I I remember thinking it was aliens too, and then somebody I was talking to about it said, "Well, I think it's robots," and I thought, and then I thought about it for a while. I'm like, "Huh, that's yeah, well, yeah, that's a that's a different podcast." <laughs> yeah, totally. So, guys, who do you think won the week? Well, I my pick was Martin because Martin Martin Bot was the one who really was able to get in and get that button pressed. So to me, like that was because that that set everything from here forward on a whole new course. Like like because now, how do you you know? I don't want to call it animals if it's, it is people, but if it's robots, but how do you put the beast back in the cage? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Martin, yeah. Martin definitely was, I think he won the week, even though he, he got murked, but he also then set, <laughs> set Bernard and Caleb on the, I mean, uh, and, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Stubbs uh, uh, on, on the next quest. Like, so to me, I, I think that was a, he he won, and you know what? If they're in a the simulation, his bo- his pearl is still sitting somewhere just fine, so it could be rebooted at any time. But isn't his pearl Dolores? Well, but, yeah, but it could be reprogrammed. Well, yeah, if, if right. she ha- yeah. You know, yeah, they can just make another one. <laughs> yeah, it could essentially yeah. be anybody that they have the data on. Yeah, that's true. I gave it to Dolores for kind of all the same reasons. I mean, you know, she she was ordering Martin. It's kind of her grand plan. So it's, it's like, it's really both of them, but yeah, I gave it to her. Has, uh, hasn't she won every week so far? Uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's why I hadn't, that's why I hadn't written mine down on the notes yet. Cause I, when we started, I was like, I'm going to wait and see it and just talk about this episode and decide. Cause I didn't want to give it to Dolores for like the fourth week in a row, but I have to, she yeah. just is dominating again. I think she has to get taken down a few notches here at some point because she seems to just be steamrolling over everything with no difficulty. But I'm still loving it. But it's yeah. she's just, she dominates. I'm loving yeah. it. 
um, in terms of MVP, I gave it to Caleb because he went through the genres, he faced reality, he's now entering a whole kind of another level of maybe self-awareness with some of the cliffhangers Liam left him with. And um, yeah, I, I gave it to him this week. I think he was the good right hand to, to Dolores. And that. that line at the end, well, maybe I'm not like other people. Like that was a, a big awakening moment, especially when Dolores yeah. replies, neither am I. Cause he like, you know, we, it's been talked about, like, is he going to flip out if he finds out that, she's not real is he gonna go after her like he, but he's sorry take three bullets well, and right. not but he, yeah he, he knows something but up. he was also he uh -huh. was also on an enhancement on the on the genre so it might have been yeah, still confusing True. to him um but it has to come into question like i think whatever conversation they're gonna have on that plane like we should be privy to in the next episode yeah like if they just sit there quiet, that's that's nonsense. He's got to be asking questions. Yeah, yeah. I we need to see that scene for sure. That's uh, my MVP is there's another one. I I didn't even know where to go, but the more we talked about it, and it's an MVP more for us. It's the genre drug itself because even though that sequence was way too short, I wish it would have been ten or fifteen minutes or the whole episode. Just that that cool thing of the going to the different. I just loved it. I, that was that was my favorite part of the episode. Is that even though it was only a couple minutes long, I just loved yeah. it. It was so unique and cool. So the genre drug is my MVP. That's fun. Cool. I like it. As for me, I I was real close to going off book and off the show. Uh, so I'm gonna give the co MVP to Brett for oh. bringing the the theories like and oh. the and the the train of thought like to another level because brett's been on point but as far as it well tim now i i was gonna say now i feel bad tim because i thought about giving you the mvp for bringing all the religious knowledge because that was amazing so i, I want to revise mine and you get a co-mvp as well yeah. Uh, yeah i'll bring that too because that was some big revelations and i'm like the least religious person i know so it's it's, it's pretty <laughs> cool um but yeah i gave it to ash just because she made that conscious decision and she shot liam like that was cool. that was yeah. a big big yes. moment for me. Like to see, you know, these other the other people like just like worrying about the decisions that that they just found out that's going to happen to them and and the, and how their lives were plotted. They didn't do anything other than like yell and scream at each other that we saw. Like Ash actually stopped, took the information in that she was given from Liam, and then shot him. Like. That to mm -hmm. that so that was like a big moment. That so she got the MVP. Yeah, those are you guys both have great picks. <laughs> I love that one too. Cool. All right, guys. I guess we are going to call this a wrap. We have we have cleaned up this episode of Westworld, and uh, we will be back with you next week to talk about episode six. I can't believe the season's going by so fast. It's rolling up three more after this. Wow, it's hard. It really is hard to uh, believe because it's just it, we've got so much, but still so little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh man, yeah, it's been flying by. All right, well, everybody out there listening, stay safe, keep your social distancing, wear your masks, 
and say howdy to your moms with me.